welcome to this uh, first podcast that uh, Megan and I are going to do. We've uh, been meaning to do this for a while and decided just to uh, have a go and get our get our hands dirty and see how it turns out. So um, I guess quite a lot of the people listening to this will, will know who we are, but just for those who don't, a, a brief introduction uh, from Megan first. Sure, I'll go first. I'm uh, Megan Murray, and uh, I've been a, a practitioner primarily in the E2, um, and as it's progressed into the social business space uh, for quite some years. Uh, started off working at a, a, a very large consulting firm um, uh, where we brought social tools in-house uh, to uh, an audience of about 25,000 staff, um, and did a, a good deal of work in uh, bootstrapping and, and learning and, and coming up uh, around uh, building community and uh, making search work and uh, uh, just creating an open social environment inside of a very kind of rigid hierarchy. Um, my progression into this has been uh, then moving on to working with a vendor um, where uh, I give my clients assistance with social uh, business strategies and trying to make community work inside of their organizations. Um, so lots of experience with uh, bringing up community inside of organizations uh, at a number of different organizations now um, had uh, a, a fair amount of success in it and a fair amount of frustration as well. Um, so that's me. <laughs> and uh, yep, me, me, you and Sample, I've uh, been involved in whatever this is, for about 10 years now, I guess. And when I started, the, there were not any of the phrases such as social media or Web 2.0 or Enterprise 2.0. I uh, was working at the BBC at the time, and we put in a bulletin board to begin with, and then wikis and blogs and deployed RSS feeds and uh, various other good things. And I was privileged to see uh, very early on, I guess, what happens when you lob these disruptive tools into an enterprise space and all the good stuff that ensues. And then I left uh, the BBC about six years ago and have subsequently been working with people all around the world, um, mostly large organisations, people like NATO and the World Bank and, and other big institutions, and helping them grapple with what I actually just prefer to call the web, just the impact of the web on, uh, uh, on our daily lives and also on our work lives. And I think the thing they're struggling with um, are not to do with the technology, they're much more to do with culture change. And so what I tend to do is work with the management teams uh, to understand the consequences of deploying these tools, uh, both the opportunities and the threats. Uh, I recently uh, had a book published in which I called Organisations Don't Tweet, People Do, which I guess will give you a flavour of the, the kind of angle I'm coming from. Uh, and I spend most of my life, as I say, travelling the world, uh, consulting, writing and uh, helping other people grab this stuff. And uh, Megan, I was just going to ask... Uh, for you, from you, what, what your aspirations for this podcast are? Well, I think this is kind of an opportunity um, for to have more of a kind of a human voice in what's going on. Um, I think you and I both share this kind of uh, perspective that this is really a lot about uh, changing the way that work is done, and and that in, in, ineffably means that we're going to be changing uh, the way people look at work. Um, and there's not a lot of talk about that. There's a lot of talk about technology, and there's a lot of talk about uh, top 10 lists and tools, um, and uh, the kind of often laughable best practices for how to get this done, whatever this is. Um, and uh, I, I hope that what we're able to provide is kind of a, a, a human language uh, uh, 
opportunity for clarity. Mine's obviously very very similar, but also the fact that I'm very aware that there are lots of people out there either on the brink of getting involved in trying to make this happen um, or are already trying to make it happen, but who can feel very alone and uh, very often they're the only voice in their organisation. Or, or in fact, given you know the angle we're taking on it, which is that it's about people and culture, maybe being swamped and buried under all the noise about technology and process that's around at the moment. And um, so really my, my aspirations for the podcast were, were to give that group of people, that community, um, something to hold on to. And uh, hopefully as we progress, something that we can begin to build a, a community around as well. And um, in, the, in the sort of fashion of modern podcasting, um, we thought we might just start off with a couple of um, news items each time we do this podcast. Um, touch on, on them briefly and then move into a theme for the uh, for the day, which we'll go into at more length. And... Uh, I've just been taking part in uh, Social Media Week uh, in London a couple of weeks ago. And uh, just to touch on, on my reflections on that, it was it was fascinating for me to be part of an event that was mostly populated by people from agencies um, of one sort or another, many of them external-facing, mostly oriented around marketing, more, more and more of them beginning to be involved in helping companies inside the firewall as well. And as I, I tweeted after the event, it was bewildering to me to be involved in something which was really attempting to industrialise something that I think is meant to be organic or, or at least works better when it's organic. Um, so I felt slightly like a fish out of water and sat through many presentations and conversations where I guess my biggest concern was that nothing had really changed. Um, it sort of felt like sitting in some of the knowledge management conferences that I used to 10 or 15 years ago and that there were real risks of what's potentially interesting about what we're seeing happening being reduced by assimilation, by, by being sucked in and taken into existing activities and having the sting taken out of it, if you like. Um, so I sort of came away from that event you know, obviously enthused and seeing lots of people who were very active, but as I say, with those slight misgivings. And you're about to go and do South by Southwest, Megan. Yeah, I am. I am. And I, I tell you, I mean, it, 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 it's, there's always been kind of this uh, this difficulty that I have in um, in kind of balancing the 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 concept of social business which when when i look at the the definitions that roll around around social business out there i i, I see them as being uh more inclusive of marketing and less really talking much less about how businesses get their work done um not that marketing isn't isn't business work but it's it's a it's not quite operations um and and when i think about uh, applying these tools i'm i'm thinking about applying them inside of an organization to the way that they work with one another um and uh and ultimately in the way that they work with their customers um which i suppose could be marketing as well but the thing that troubles me is that uh, and i think in a similar way is that um it, it, there's so much kind of noise around it when it comes from that marketing perspective, when it gets reduced down to that story of, you know, the, again, the top 10 things that you're going to do that are going to make this work for you. Um, it, it, it does become confusing. And then in addition to the, to the confusion about, well, is this, are they talking about marketing? Are they talking about, um, you know, the, the work to be done? Um, there's, there's kind of also this element of, uh, uh, 
I don't know, just the, rolling up the definitions, right? What, what does it mean and what does it talk about? And I think that, that, that at South By, um, uh, this will be my first time. I've never been to South By before. I know a number of folks who have uh, given me the, the rundown on exactly what the, uh, the experience is like. Um, and it looks... It looks quite amazing. If I if I weren't approaching it from the uh, uh, entirely from my perspective uh, professionally, um, this would be the kind of thing that I'd love to go to. It's a lot of very creative minds, a lot of uh, great uh, opportunities to see uh, new startup type of information and uh, new opportunities that are coming down the pipe. But at the same time, I'm also seeing an incredible amount of of um, repetition. And, and I feel probably like what you were experiencing at uh, Social Media Week, the, that there's, it's kind of this churning story that's beginning to happen, um, uh, and one that's very comfortable. And when I see this applied inside of, um, you know, to, to, to folks who are specifically applying it into their internal spaces, um, it does concern me greatly. There's... Uh, there's this need to make things simple. Um, uh, there's kind of that that, uh, that there used to be a, a character, uh, an American character. I can't remember who it was on TV who would would ask, you know, somebody to, to you know tell me like I'm four, and uh, and I think so much of what we're we're trying to get from this is a place where we don't have to all be four-year-olds anymore. We can be present and accountable and uh, 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 transparent in the work that we're doing. We don't, we don't need it dumbed down to that degree. Uh, so it, it concerns me to some end, and I think it, 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 uh, the other side of the coin is that there's kind of a healthy tension to that, in that as long as there are enough of us who are paying attention, uh, that we're, we're not looking for it to be completely dumbed down. Um, that we may well get something like that in return, but but it's tough. And, and it's sort of interesting. I mean, we're, we're I guess eliding into our theme, which was well, what is this thing? And um, you know, one of the concerns I have is that, that you know somebody referred to it as the thingification of social media, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea that it has been turned into a thing and a thing that can be bought and sold and a thing that you can feel under pressure to engage with or not, and uh, mm-hmm. and a thing that can be done to people. Um, and I think that's my biggest concern in some ways is that that as I mentioned in the introduction, for me, it's just the increasing impact of the internet and and the web and its its um, various manifestations on the workplace and mm-hmm. the sort of networks and relationships and connections that we've been able to build up um, ourselves by hand, as it were, in the outside world are what are beginning to migrate into the enterprise. Um, what's difficult, I think, for people is that they, they feel this desire to manage it. Um, as you say, to have this sense of 10 lists you know checklists that you will you will you will go through and uh, if you do all these 10 things then automatically or magically you, you will suddenly become social and have good relationships in your organization okay. um whereas you know we all know it takes an awful lot more than that and in fact in the first instance when you start off um when you just um have those tools deployed you'll have a lot of mess to begin with you'll have dissent to begin with you'll have in many cases the things you don't want to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to ride it out. You have to let that happen. You know, in a sense, you're taking the lid off something that's been bottled up for a very long time. Yeah. 
Um, and then, you know, you talk, you, you talk about the need, need, need to grow up. I mean, my, the first chapter in the book is we all, we all need to grow up. And I think to quite a high degree, we've, we've infantilized people in the workplace where they expect the manager to be the boss, to tell them what to do. You know, the, to, to, not, not totally, but, you know, there's a, there's a degree of deference and waiting for somebody else to, to take responsibility. Absolutely. And because once you stop doing that, then people will begin to act like naughty children and, and, and you know, take advantage, which is, is, is entirely understandable. Well, and it's, for me, it's, I mean, these, these tools are lenses, these tools are magnifiers, and when we talk about transparency and uh, accountability, um, and which, uh, oddly enough, are, are words that I hear coming from um, uh, people who are getting into the space quite frequently. We want more of these things. We want more transparency and accountability because they don't want people to be uh, kind of asleep at the wheel anymore. And the, the, the fun part of that, I, I, I remember when um, we put our first wiki in place in, uh, um, I want to say it was like latter 2005. And um, after a few months of the experience, uh, that, that dawned on me. I thought, you know, this is a lens for exactly what's going on here. It's all those things that I ever uh, kind of assumed and felt about the organization here brought to, brought to bear and, and brought into the light of day. And uh, my director and I at the time used to have this joke where it was like, you know, we've put a window on top of the basket that is our organization and, and, and lo and behold, it's filled with snakes, you know, <laughs> and now our job is having to pull out each one one by one without have, getting bit, you know, <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's tough work and it's, uh, um, there's, there's part of you, especially if you come from the technology side of the house, there's part of you probably that, that before you get into it, that thinks, oh, I'll put this thing into place and then everybody will have to be um, uh, responsible for the stuff that they do because it's time-stamped, it's visible, you can see everything that's going on, and that's precisely why they won't. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. So it's like that's, that's your first lesson that you're going to learn, kind of dipping your toes into it. And it, it's, uh, it's, it is problematic, but it is not impossible. And that's the... The, the, the thing is, is that we are really stumbling babies right now when it comes to how this is done. And very few organizations, very few individuals inside of organizations, certainly by themselves, have um, kind of the, the horsepower to get it right the first time. Even some of the most progressive, open organizations, uh, the folks that you would think uh, are, um, are, are just built for this, struggle with these same issues. It, it's the people. It's, it's how you're dealing with people, and it's, and it's how it works. And I, I, uh, I wonder sometimes if, uh, if, if people are still having that moment where they're thinking that you know, putting the technology in um, is kind of the way to, uh, to get it started, you know? Um, well, it's also the fact, I mean, you know, you've touched on, on the time scales there, and I think people are quite often a bit naive about the time scales. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight that people suddenly start to take responsibility and behave responsibly and begin to use these things to the maximum. I mean, it took us a good seven or eight years, really, to get our, our internal network anything like useful. Mm. Um, and I think in terms of the bigger changes that are possible within organisations, then we're talking possibly even decades. And it's not helped by by this thingification again, by this pressure, because I think there's a lot of good guys who are getting 
put under pressure by chief executives who want this social thing and they want it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all this focus on, on quick delivery and return on investment and, you know, how is this going to impact the bottom line? Whereas, in fact, it kind of creeps up on you and has to grow at its own pace because mm-hmm. people have to find their own way into it. They have to find their own reasons to become open and begin to engage with each other. And it's, it's worth touching on that thing about being open because we're not... I mean, there is a, a, a kind of existential element to this, that there is something ultimately very valuable about being more open and being willing to ask questions or offer answers and it takes a confidence and a courage that that takes time to develop but we're not just talking about those kind of like possibly less uh more, less defined things the same is true of actually uh objective how do i do this kind of questions that come up all the time on these platforms because what it surfaces is the fact that either nobody knows how to do it or 15 people have different ideas of how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so even at that low-level, practical, pragmatic, this is how we run our business kind of thing, you're still lifting a lid on a, on a basket full of snakes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where one of the biggest benefits, I think, comes from the fact that up until now, much of the inefficiency of business has been hidden. Yeah. Um, that and and you know a lot of dysfunction has been hidden um, because well, it was just never you, never visible. You mean, you mean optimized, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and, and that well, it's, okay. Let's let's pick up on that because the thing of language matters. Mm-hmm. You know, optimized is 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 one of those words that tends to be used by 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 one person about other people. Um, in a sense, you know, it's like you know, I tell the story often about. Remember my first sort of line management job at the BBC. It was around the time when we got a new uh, chief exec who brought in management culture, as it were, uh, from outside. And suddenly, all the people around me started talking about process, uh, and I genuinely didn't know what the word meant, and and felt self conscious about not knowing what this word meant. And when somebody explained to me, I thought, "Oh, you mean doing stuff." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was used aggressively and it was yeah. used as a as a means of making one group seem like they knew what they were talking about at the expense of others. Yeah, it is and, it is very much about that the language to to kind of bar the uninitiated is is intentional. I mean, I I think if you, you know, without going too far out on a limb, I think if you look at um the just the acronym culture, you know, the the need for us to put um, uh, certain acronyms behind our names and, and to, to call ourselves certain titles. Uh, once you get within an organization, um, there's uh, all kinds of kooky names for uh, uh, teams and for work that's being done to, <laughs> that in some cases is, are designed specifically to kind of obfuscate the, the work that's being done. Um, uh, and that's not necessarily a, a, a that in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's dehumanizing. Yes. And and I, anything that's dehumanizing is going to take you know it's 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 going to bring people down. Well, and that, and that goes back to I think our overall metaphors or or, or, or pictures or ideas of what organisations are, mm-hmm. and and you know since. Taylorism and the industrial period, we, we've seen them as machines in a way with, with mm-hmm. meatware strapped onto them, yeah. um, which is an inappropriate way to look at an organisation when your main product is, is ideas and, and knowledge and intelligence because people don't tend to offer that up if you're treating them like a, a cog in a wheel. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it also goes back to what you were saying, Megan, about um, making things simple. Um, and that's not as easy as it, it would appear because, in, you know, at its simplest, all of these tools are simply a text box on a computer screen 
and you press save or send or whatever, and it goes off and does something. Um, you know, they actually don't get more complicated in essence than that. But the way that the information or the opportunities or the different ways of making that information useful are presented to you can get very bewildering these days. And uh, this is one of my concerns, if you like, about the the enterprise software world encroaching into this space because you know there's a lot of interest in vendors in throwing lots of functionality into their platform and having a sort of um, arms race with other vendors to make sure that their platform does more but the consequence of that is in terms of interface design that people get presented with an awful lot of options that kind of all look the same and, and go numb in the face of thinking well hang on is this a wiki is it a blog is it a twitter feed is it whatever you know what am i meant to do yeah. um and so i think you know you're right that there are two imperatives one is to make it as enticing as possible for people to get engaged you have to reduce as much friction as possible and some of that might be be what you think is making it easier um another is to to in a sense get out of the way because um and let the things flourish and grow and find their own feet and become what they're trying to become because you know, they, they will if you manage it correctly. And it's not not managing, it's not laissez-faire, it's not just sitting back on your hands and watching things happen. But it's very, so I think there's, there's two sides to this. You've got a kind of command and control mentality that wants to make things happen and that is nervous and wants to ensure that these tools are productive, which just puts people off. <clears throat> and you then back that up with shiny corporate-looking software that, again, just sends all the wrong signals to people. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's... it's it can be really problematic, right? The um, the whole story um, that that's that's out there right now is that, uh, um, that well, there are a couple of different stories that are out there right now from the from the the, the methodology perspective, right? There's um, the 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 methodology uh, that says uh, get people out there with it, um, set up as much help and support as possible focus on creating uh, a community and teach that community how to self-heal so that you can get out of the way, right? It's kind of that bridging story, um, which is the methodology that I ascribe to. Um, And then there's also kind of the, 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 the great wide open where um, if you do just entirely get out of the way as the introduction that what you, what you tend to, to, to get are the, a, a kind of a small nucleus of people who intrinsically get it and uh, either take advantage of it and um, naturally carry it forward, uh, which is uh, a, a kind of a, a, a pretty narrow shot if you're talking about a, a big, big organization with lots of issues, um, which many, many, of, uh, many of the folks that I talk to kind of assume that they have uniquely. Um, and it's the, the audience tends to be small uh, for a long time, and, and yeah. there may be opportunity for it to grow. But I think that mm-hmm. with with the tools at play, um, it's it's funny right now because again, I'll I'll say we're 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 babies in this. We're we're just getting our brains around it. We're still kind of haggling between uh, flows and hierarchies, right? And um, the, the the reality is right now that where we are is that flows are hierarchies. They're chronological hierarchies, but they're hierarchies still. And uh, it's there's not we haven't come to that place quite yet where um, uh, the the kind of penultimate uh, uh, experience that UI has come. I think that as we see uh, 
UI change it over the years, right? We've we've already experienced it a little bit with the the the, the experience of the touchscreen and the iOS and how it's not it's it's less uh, it's more object oriented than it is uh, uh, hierarchically or chronologically okay. oriented. And I think when we get to that place where we're actually able to make a transition, that 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 experience will become easier and easier. But we yeah. are we are so early on. Um, that it's uh, it is problematic right now. It, it, you you do have to do a lot of education and a lot of um, kind of acclimation, but but all of that is uh, predicated by by this uh, by the folks who are delivering it being self aware themselves. Yeah, and and that can be problematic because often cases you have folks who are coming in basically from the IT department or from a technology-driven perspective, if they're looking at tools in the first place before they're looking at change, um, who are saying, uh, you know, here's what we're going to do. It's going to make us more open. Um, you're, you've already got something to, to fight with, right? You've, yeah. already, you've already yeah. got some perspective to shift. Um, so it's, uh, it, it, it can be really problematic. Um, uh, but I think that, you know, where we are as babies right now too, is that w we're in a place where we're providing that bridge. And that's part of what I'm hoping that we're going to be able to, to accomplish with this podcast are, are simple little achievable things that people can do and perhaps some perspective, right. And, and to some reality around it. I think, uh, you know, we look at, we look at a lot of the, the media that's out there surrounding, um, what we're doing right now and it's you know it's in many cases it's primarily vendor driven or or driven by by folks who are you know selling conference space um uh, or by consultants and stuff all of whom i have great relationships with these folks and love these folks and i think that they're rather important um but the 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 frank story is just like with any other large media um environment you're really only getting the story that is important to the outcomes of that particular media group. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of opportunity us for us here, I think. And, and, and I've always learned the most from within a network who knew um, <laughs> that, that that's where the good stuff is. And, and that's where yeah. the real actionable stuff is. So that's, that's what I'm yeah. hoping for here. And, and it sort of touches, it goes back, it loops back to what you were saying about the early adopters and, and, you know, how much, proactive effort you put into to, to encouraging people to use the tools or whatever and and you know it really doesn't mean doing nothing it means a lot of hard work yeah. and it means being ge genuinely interested in what's happening yeah. and the way i found very effective to, to um help the the network to work was to notice things and, and to just go in to the network and say, oh, isn't this interesting? This this group of early adopters is beginning to hack people off because they're so confident and they're, they're so um, at ease in this space that it's making newbies feel uncomfortable. So what are we going to do about it? And just by asking that question, you can get a whole bunch of people to start to work with you and think hard about what the, the, the thing is, why they want it to work, and, and how they're going to make it work. Yeah. And, I th and I think I totally agree. I think that's where we might be able to add some value with this podcast because both of us have probably got a longer longer time in this game than most and we've got I think both of us quite good eyes for the things that are interesting and what are what are the little twists and turns that may not be obvious to people who are, who are close to the coalface for instance and I totally understand what you were saying about you know sometimes the IT department seeing it from one perspective and then you'll have a different perspective from the marketing department or HR or whatever 
And, you know, part of that is the issue about who owns this thing, because it does rattle around within organisations. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to observe each of those groups um, in their own ways, coming to terms with how this this thing works, uh, and also to extract some of the stories. And, uh, you know, I think that's what I certainly love about podcasts, is the fact that I can pick up on smart stories from smart people doing really interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can help people to find those, then then all the better. Yeah, you know, I'd have to say, too, I mean, the, you know, talking about giving people actionable things, the number one thing that I would say um, that that a person should go out and do if they're endeavoring into this is to build your network. Get out there and meet other people who are doing it. Don't just, you know, that you and your 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 term case study porn is one of my favorites um <laughs> that's it's it's important I, I, should, I should perhaps i should perhaps just explain that for those who haven't <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a frustration that at lots of people reading lots of case studies instead of just getting going with this stuff so i said stop reading case study porn and become one yourselves yeah. but uh carry on but the- <laughs> sure clarity whatever um <laughs> but I, I mean um there's there's a an old consulting term called uh, analysis paralysis um yeah. and it's uh, uh I, I think it speaks well of case study porn um it, you know in so much as that it's it's really uh it's important to understand what people are doing, you know, it's, it's, I liken it to being a teenager. It's important to know what's going on. It's important to, 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 um, you know, to, to be educating yourself and learning and, uh, building your network and, and having, uh, uh, good influences. Um, but at some point you have to leap at some point you've got to do something. And, uh, uh, it's, I, I find that, that one of the best ways to really understand how, um, you can get that done actionably and uh, a great way to a, a much more meaningful way to collect data points that you use to sell to your leadership is by creating a network of people who are doing the same kind of work that you're doing. Um, and you can find those people on Twitter. They are a verbose group. You will find them. <laughs> You'll find them on Twitter. You can find them on LinkedIn. You can find them uh, just about anywhere. There are, are, are Facebook groups at, at you know ad nauseum of folks who are doing this kind of work. Um, so seek them out and find them and uh, and speak to them and find out what they're doing about their challenges. That's great. And then stop and take that information and then go do something with it. Um, I, I think that it's important to to remember that there's there's a lot of folks who are still thinking that because of the the dearth of information out, that's out there and the dearth of options that are out there, that it's it's okay to take two or three or four years to to kind of uh, walk through and uh, uh, collect every single data point that's out there and then make a decision as if that's going to be the one. Um, and the reality is is that you're going to make a lot of decisions through this process. Um, some of them may be around new tools. Some of them may be around new approaches. Some of them may be around uh, new groups inside. You may look at inside and say, hey, we're going to start with one particular team. And, and then it turns out that they're, they're, they're not the right ones at all. And maybe you, maybe you need to work with another. Um, there is a, a, a heavy degree of iteration that comes with this. 
it's just like being a person. <laughs> you look at it, at the organization as a as an organism as opposed to a, a, a hierarchy of, of rules. Um, yeah. And what you'll find is that it'll it iterates and it changes over times. It ebbs and it flows. It moves in waves, just just like any other experience. Um, and that if you are brave enough to simply take the first step, understanding that it's the first of you know a million, uh, then you, you're you're better off. You know you're you're learning, and that's precisely what this process, this kind of journey, looks like. Is that you're beginning to learn. Um, you you will not have all the answers after reading a stack of case studies. Um, you'll have a better, uh, you know, imagination, <laughs> which you might want as well. Uh, but getting out there and doing it is uh, incredibly valuable. And that's what we'll be trying to help people to do, rather than uh, trotting out lots of case studies, which half the time aren't actually as much of a success as people make them out to be as well. We both know lots of uh, lots of stories that become mythologies and. In, in, and, and circle around this this world, but actually haven't really been had half the impact they're meant to have had. Um, but I think the sort of things we'll be touching on are much more around the essence of what's happening, rather than going into too much of that kind of detail. So, um, this was obviously our, our first attempt. Um, we will be looking forward to doing the next one quite soon. Um, if anybody who's listened to this wants to get in touch and maybe give us some feedback or suggestions for future episodes, uh, I can be found at ewan at ewansemple.com, which is E-U-A-N at E-U-A-N-S-E-M-P-L-E dot com. And Megan? Um, you can find me at uh, Megan Murray. Uh, it's M-E-G-A-N dot M-U-R-R-A-Y at Mac dot com. <laughs>